Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. <laughs> this is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John Fugelsang. Thank you so much for joining us on Monday. Hello to everyone listening live. Our evil army of the night, you're most welcome to call in for the next three hours. We got a great one. Hello to everyone listening on tape, on demand, on the app, on the Fugelsang Podcast. We love you guys, the daywalkers. You're invited to call in sometime. We read your emails and tweets and threats as well. Still call them tweets. I still call it Twitter. I hope that's okay. Liberals need to know you are allowed to dead name X. <laughs> Chris Houseelt's our executive producer. He's running the show from South Carolina. The mighty Thea Harper, she's producing out of Brooklyn. I come to you from Los Angeles. It's been a pretty crazy weekend and a really, really eventful Monday. You know, I, I guess we should be thankful because it used to be August was the month when nothing happened. It used to be August was Shark Week, and they deliberately made it Shark Week in August because no one was watching the news. There was nothing happening. N- nothing. I did a pilot for CNN once in the month of August, and there was nothing happening. It's an impossible. It's why everyone, you watch your cable news, they all go on vacation in the month of August because nothing happens. Thanks to Donald Trump's criminality, it's been a very busy couple of weeks, and I'm so glad you guys are with us. Tonight on the show, we'll be talking to the great John Nichols of The Nation magazine uh, about a number of articles, not the least of which is how the biggest threat to Donald Trump could be the Constitution or not. John's got a piece in The Nation from last week that says many legal scholars and historians already say that his actions on January 6th meet the disqualification standard outlined in the 14th Amendment. I somehow don't think MAGA would go for that. But um, also, Ron Johnson makes a little cameo in the 45-page indictment and uh, John's amazing piece in the nation on the life and fearless artistry of Sinead O'Connor. Lots to cover with him. Comedian Rhonda Hanson will join us in hour number two, where we will be taking your calls. Let's get to it. Let's have a show. It's time for Monday Malfeasance, everybody. All the corrosive corruption, the rank fuckery, and double talk and jive. Who were the most revolting offenders on Monday? Well, it's all Trump-related, I'm afraid. Let's just recap. Maybe you're a healthy person. Maybe the weekend comes. Hey, the first weekend in August, and you decided, I'm going to unplug from the news. Why should I be filling my brain with whatever, you know home over Caligula is doing on a weekend. No, I've got a family. I should pay attention to them. Maybe you're one of those people. Or maybe you're me. 
<laughs> because I wasn't able to get away from it this weekend. Now, let's go way back in time, way, way back, way back in time when life was simpler last Thursday. That is when the federal magistrate told Trump to his face in the courtroom, it is a crime to try to influence a juror or to threaten or attempt to bribe a witness or any other person who may have information about your case or to retaliate against anyone for providing information about your case to the prosecution or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. See, Donald Trump had to be told that those were crimes. In less than 24 hours, <laughs> he went to his website, this little filth social, and wrote in all caps, If you go after me, I'm going after you. And that was the beginning. Someone's diaper was not changed all weekend long. Uh, special counsel Jack Smith, he's deranged. No way could he get a fair trial in D.C. He talked about um, Washington, D.C., this filthy and crime-ridden embarrassment to our nation. You had four years, Ringo. Uh, he talked about he was going to ask for recusal of this current judge on very powerful grounds. He declared that Nancy Pelosi is a wicked witch, a sick and demented psycho who will someday live in hell. You know, like an innocent guy. Folks, this is the time you're waiting for. I know a lot of y'all are waiting to see Donald Trump in jail one day, and I know it makes y'all angry when I say it. It's it's not going to happen, friends. You got you got a better chance of a Talking Heads reunion. It's not going to. No, this is Donald Trump in jail. Him and the meltdowns, friends, brothers, sisters. Donald Trump is melting down like an ice cream cone at Chernobyl on a hot day. The net is tightening. His lawyers we're going to talk about today are walking around in clown shoes and He's finally realizing in real time that Lady Justice is not as easy to beguile, bewitch and bullshit as the fans or the wives or the tragic sons or the easily impressed escorts. So late Friday, we were talking about this on the air, but Special Counsel Smith quoted Trump's filth social post and the new motion for a protective order. He asked the judge, Tanya Chutkin who, again, is the person who is assigned to this whole case. She does not, as the kids say, fuck around. And he said, please limit Trump's ability to share the discovery material that uh, we're going to be giving to his lawyers. If the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details obtained in discovery here, it could have a harmful, chilling effect on witnesses or adversely affect the fair administration of justice in this case. And Trump's lawyer said what? No, you can't. We need more time. You have to give us more time. We've got we've got a whole case. You got to give us more time. We need time. That's relevant. I'll say why in a moment. Judge Chutka denied their motion. On Saturday, she put out a temporary order blocking Trump from going public with potential trial evidence shared with his lawyers and an upcoming election fraud case after prosecutors cited his history of social media tirades. End quote. Republicans don't like this judge. They are bad-mouthing her all over the place. She passed the Senate 95 to nothing. But now... Oh, now she's the only D.C. judge who's given sentences longer than what was recommended by prosecuting attorneys for the January 6th terrorists. So they don't like her no more. And so she's going to punish Trump with a speedy trial. He's gone insane. I'm not even going to read his posts. He was doing it all weekend. Deranged Jack Smith is going after his number one draft pick. He spelled number one O-N. I could go on, but uh, the DOJ, many thug prosecutors are illegally leaking everything and anything to the fake news media. Okay, so what happens now? You know what's going to happen now. He's going to keep on doing this. He's terrified. He doesn't know what to do. So he's going to just go out and ignore his counsel's advice and attack people on his shitty social media site that nobody goes to unless they already love him. 
he's going to delegitimize. He's going to try to delay. He's going to try and scare people. And this advice uh, to go against your new judge and attack her in public, that's not something his lawyer, John Laro, told him to do. He publicly disavowed Donald Trump's calls for recusal on Sunday. Um, and again, it's, it's not going well. Today, Judge Lewis Kaplan dismissed his counterclaim that the E. Jean Carroll case should be put away because she defamed him after she won a five million legal suit against him in that sexual assault and defamation case way back in May. Because in June, Trump's legal team filed a counterclaim pointing to things that E. Jean said on CNN, saying that Trump had raped her. And they said that's defamation. Today, again, Carol wrote that her comments were substantially true. Quote, oh, unlike the jury's finding on the penal law rape question, it's finding on the sexual abuse question, and specifically its implicit determination that Mr. Trump digitally raped her, is conclusive with respect to this case. As a result, Ms. Carol's statements are substantially true. And friends, being called a rapist in a New York State courtroom today was as good as it got for Donald Trump. Now, yesterday, his latest attorney, John Laro. Yes, there's a new one. I know. I know. We've come so far, haven't we? From Michael Cohen and Rudy. Yesterday, he did what the media is calling a full Ginsburg. Do you remember back 25 years ago in 1998 when the Monica Lewinsky case finally bubbled over and Monica Lewinsky's lawyer, William Ginsburg, did every one of the five major Sunday talk shows? This week at ABC, on ABC, Fox News Sunday, Face the Nation, uh, late edition on CNN and Meet the Press. This guy did all five shows in one day. Trump's very busy lawyer. Now, you guys know if you listen to this channel, when you get hired to be Donald Trump's lawyer, in many cases, you're hired to be a propaganda artist on TV, right? That's always been the case. So Laura went on TV and he made a lot of claims and we're going to play some for you just so you'll understand how terrified Trump is, how little of a case Trump has. And how difficult it has got for a man with Donald Trump's resources to hire good help. This man flat out lied on Meet the Press about something that was so strikingly obvious. And I'm sorry, this might shock you. Chuck Todd let him get away with it and didn't ask a single follow-up question. Now, Chuck asked him about Trump calling Jack Smith deranged at the fundraiser of the weekend. Played a clip of him saying that. Didn't go too well. I want you to listen to this first one where John Lauro lies completely, and I mean makes up stuff that, like, my cat knows is a lie. And at the end, Chuck Todd says, right, give a listen. President Biden in April of 2022 said he wanted President Trump prosecuted and he wanted him out of the race. He repeated that in November of 2022. Uh, as a result, President Biden has put in motion a political prosecution in the middle in the middle of an election season and obviously everything is open to politics i'm not involved in politics i'm just representing a client i'm ensuring that justice is done in this case president trump is entitled to his day in court and he'll get it right right yeah okay good yeah did you hear what that guy said before chuck said right first of all the stuff about joe biden joe biden has always refused to comment on the doj investigations of trump Joe Biden keeps on saying every day when they ask him that he has not spoken with Merrick Garland about it. He has refused countless times to comment on these indictments. He never said publicly in April that uh, Trump should be prosecuted. He never said that. It, back in AP in June, they said Biden is determined to say as little as possible about Trump's indictment. That's what he's been doing. But again, 
It doesn't matter. He's going to say Biden wants to get him out of the race. Dude, Democrats don't want Trump out of the race. Um, Then he claimed on both ABC News this week and CBS Face the Nation that the defense was going to call Mike Pence as a witness for the defense, saying that he will be one of our best witnesses, which is kind of strange because Mike Pence is cited heavily in the indictment as a witness for the prosecution already. Here's John Lauro. Listen to this one. Bet in the farm on Mike Pence. Mike Pence will be one of our best witnesses at trial. I read his book very carefully. And if he testifies consistent with his book, then President Trump will be acquitted for these reasons. Number one, Mr. Pence recognizes that John Eastman, who was giving legal advice, was a renowned legal scholar. Number two, Vice President Pence recognized that there were discrepancies and fraud in connection with the election. He wanted it to be debated on Capitol Hill. Mr. Trump wanted it to be debated in the state legislatures. But what, make no mistake about it, based on what Vice President Pence will say, the government will never be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that President Trump had corrupt or criminal intent. And that's what this case well, is about. Mike Pence. Okay, everything he just said has no basis in reality. Um, again, nothing he's talking about is a reason to count fake electors and throw out the will of the voters. Paragraph 90 in this indictment has many of Mike Pence's memories of many conversations backed up with many of Mike Pence's handwritten notes where Trump keeps trying to push him to throw the election over to him. Section C of paragraph 90, the vice president responded... He thought there was no constitutional basis for such authority, and it was improper. In response, the defendant told the VP, you're too honest. That's criminal intent for fraud. I mean, the the indictment, which I recommend you all read, you can do it in an hour. It goes through all the ways Trump kept harassing Pence to violate the law all the way up until the Capitol attack, where he was still tweeting that Pence was a coward trying to make Pence break the law, enraging his followers to push into the Capitol. And try to hang Pence if he wouldn't break the law. So now, Lauro, here's here's one of my favorites. I, they get crazier and crazier. God help this man. I don't know where he'll be working in a month, but it probably won't be for Donald Trump. Here, a, a desperate, in-over-his-head lawyer who is rethinking all of his career steps so far, rethinking his choice to go to law school. Here he says that Donald Trump, it's okay because he only asked Mike Pence to, to commit technical violations of the U.S. Constitution. This is real. President Pence is an attorney. If he at any point said or thought that that Mr. Trump, President Trump, was acting unlawfully or contrary to criminal law, he would have said that. No one ever suggested that. Uh, President Trump was you know, exercising Actually, he has right. said that. And by the way, there's another... He said the president asked him to violate the Constitution. No, never, he said the president asked him to violate the Constitution, no, which is he, another way of saying he, he asked him to break said, the law. He never said... No, that's yeah. wrong. That's wrong. Uh, a, a, a technical violation of the Constitution is not a violation of criminal law. That's just plain wrong. What? And to what, say what? that is contrary to decades of legal statutes. Let's get out well, of the let me, Constitutional. Let me say one last thing, if I could. Go ahead. Well, no, because this is a constitutional case. This is this is going to be the most important civil rights constitutional case in decades. And there's yeah, one I other agree. issue that's very important. Everything that President Trump did was while he was in office as a president. He, he is now immune from prosecution for acts that he takes in connection with those uh, policy. So decisions you're going to you're going to try to administration has has not addressed that. You understand that because he was president. 
you can't prosecute him for crimes he committed while he was president. He really could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue, but we have a king, and they're above the law. Now, again, the crimes in the indictment are conspiracies to defraud, obstruct, and strip away the voting rights of millions of Americans. I don't see anything about the technical violation of the Constitution. He pressured the vice president to break the law so he could seize power illegally. Technically, yeah, that's a violation. It's got criminal intent. You got it. But again, I mean, (laughs) this argument doesn't hold up either. Jamie Raskin talked about this one later on. He said it was deranged. We'll play a clip of him later. But here's maybe my favorite, maybe my favorite of John Loro's arguments. Again, they're going to try to go into court with one of these. And this guy went on all five Sunday shows yesterday to test drive all of them. And this is how we have to give Donald Trump credit. At the end of the day, you can say whatever you want, but at least he gave us the peaceful transfer of power on CNN. Those scenarios were presented to Vice President Pence. Um, He considered them, and as a constitutional matter, um, he rejected them. One of the last and the ultimate requests that that President Trump made was to pause the voting Mm -hmm. for 10 days to allow the states to recertify or certify uh, or audit and and Mr. Pence rejected that as well. After that, there was a peaceful transition of power. So that's how the constitutional works. Okay. What happened now, on January 6th was not peaceful. I want to ask you something about John Eastman, because I, I, you've talked a lot about well, how he's, the, the, a, he's the, a respected constitutional uh, uh, right. attorney. The transfer he of power also, was certainly peaceful. No, it was not peaceful. Did you see peaceful. what happened on January 6th? Did that look peaceful And by the way... Did did you? I'm not saying that that was in any way um, inappropriate, but the ultimate power of the presidency okay. was transferred. I just want to, to quickly Biden. ask about John that, Eastman. John Eastman. Okay, so uh, it, you know, again, I don't want you to feel bad for Trump. I want you to be happy that he can't afford better lawyers than this. Um, <laughs> Peaceful. You, you get it, right? Yeah. You saw cops having the hell kicked out of them by guys with flags. Um, so now now here it comes. This is where uh, it gets kind of weird. This is where Donald Trump's lawyer is back on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd, where he's trying to explain that Donald Trump's request to overturn the election. It wasn't a crime. It was just aspirational. Listen to Lauro on how an aspirational ask is not the same as a threat. The ballots are corrupt and you're going to find that they are, which this is, is totally tape. illegal. It's it's. It's more illegal for you than it is for them, because you know what they did and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal, that's a criminal offense. All I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more than we have, because we won the state. If he had proof he won the state, why did he threaten the secretary of state with a criminal uh, with with a with a criminal charge that wasn't a threat at all what he was asking for is is for Raffensperger to get to the truth he believed that there were in excess of of 10,000 votes that were counted illegally and what he was asking for is the secretary of state to act appropriately and find uh, these votes that were counted um, illegally uh, that was Fine. an asper hold on one second that was an aspirational ask he's entitled to petition even state government but that doesn't that doesn't involve an obstruction of federal government but what the Biden administration has said is somehow 
somehow President Trump obstructed a federal proceeding. That relates to what was going on in the states. And yeah. President Trump had every right to ask the Secretary of State, I believe that this election was conducted improperly. There are deficiencies <laughs> here. I want to see if there are more than 10,000 votes or whatever the number was that were counted illegally. Once again, that's core political speech. You heard him. He was telling the Secretary of State of Georgia that this is illegal for you. It looks worse for you than it does for Pence. Um, at the time that that phone call was recorded, and we're waiting on those indictments this month, by the way, at the time of that call you just heard on the tape from Chuck Todd, uh, they'd already had three audits of the vote in Georgia. Full audits. The votes were certified. The electoral college votes of the actual electors of the state had been certified. There was no legal avenue left for Donald Trump. So he tried something completely illegal, getting the secretary of state to find just enough votes, 11,000 plus to change the outcome. And because he is stupid, he did it on tape. Finally, to no one's surprise, Lauro confirmed that, uh, yes, Donald Trump will be pursuing a change of venue out of D.C. because he doesn't think that'll be the right jury pool for him. This was on Face the Nation. Major Garrett was hosting. And I, I, this is just this is this is just the weirdest. This is the weirdest part, I think. Um, listen to where he talks about uh, uh, would be more diverse than D.C. You still going to pursue a change of venue? Absolutely. We, we would like a diverse venue, a diverse jury. Um, Do you have any that, expectation uh, that, that will be granted? The, that reflects the, 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 the characteristics of the American people. Um, it's up to the judge. I think West Virginia would be an excellent venue to try this case. Speaking Very of the judge. DC <laughs> and a much more diverse. <laughs> much more diverse. By diverse, I think they mean conservative. Right? By diverse, they mean not diverse. I think West Virginia for y'all playing at home, uh, 92% white. I guess that reflects the characteristics of the American people. Uh, Donald Trump keeps saying it's impossible for him to get a fair trial in DC where he was president for four years because they don't like him based on things he said and did. So he wants the politically unbiased state of West Virginia, which went 40 points for Donald Trump in 2020. And Trump has called DC over 95% anti-Trump because he only got 4% of the vote. <laughs> in the district he lived in 2020. Uh, it, it will not, uh, if D.C. catches on fire and sinks into the swamp, they will not move it to West Virginia. The jurisdiction where the plotting and the crimes happened, where the cops had the hell beaten out of them, where the witnesses are, where the lawyers are, where shit went down, yeah, it's going to happen there. If you want to have your criminal trial in West Virginia, you should have tried that in a smaller town. So again, all of these winged monkeys around Donald Trump are arguing that Trump's only being harassed because it's the Democrats plan to beat him in the election. That's why all the witnesses are Republicans and the crime was on TV. Uh, Karen Friedman and Giflo is a former chief assistant D.A. at Manhattan D.A.'s office. And she wrote, as a three decades former state prosecutor in New York, I have never seen a defendant treated as leniently as defendant Trump. He has a rap sheet with three open felony indictments, 78 charges in three separate jurisdictions. He's reportedly threatened, pro repeatedly threatened prosecutors, judges, and potential witnesses, and has his own 757 jumbo jet at the ready to fly anywhere in the world and can abscond at any time. And the nature of his charges are among the most serious there are. He's accused of stealing our nation's most sensitive secrets, trying to destroy evidence of these crimes, committing fraud in the Oval Office, and calling a violent insurrection in an attempt to steal an election he lost and our democracy. Yeah. <laughs> now imagine if that guy was black or Muslim. You think he'd be incarcerated waiting for his trial? So it took a, a weekend 
about 72 hours for Donald Trump's latest lawyer, John Loro, to destroy his entire professional reputation by going on TV and lying for the host of Celebrity Apprentice. These guys can do it, man. And this guy did it. He put so much time into TV appearances that I think it's pretty fair for a judge to say, where do you and Donald Trump get off saying you don't have enough time to prepare your case? (laughs) See, if your lawyer can find time to do the full Ginsburg and show up on five different Sunday shows, maybe you don't need an extension. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back in a moment, we'll be joined by your calls and the great John Nichols of the nation, 866-997-GRIT. Oh, man, this guy just, they can't stop this slow motion train wreck that is Donald Trump's legal jeopardy. Enjoy it. We'll be right back on Progress. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. And welcome back. Right now, I am so pleased to welcome our next guest to the show. If you're on hold, I promise we'll get to your calls very shortly. But I've been trying to get John Nichols on for a couple of weeks now. I've been harassing the man. He is, of course, one of our favorite writers. He's national affairs correspondent for The Nation, a contributing writer for The Progressive and In These Times, and the associate editor of Madison, Wisconsin's Capital Times, where I have proudly visited the offices of... I ended a sentence with a preposition, but I did it for him. He's a great writer. His books include The Genius of Impeachment, The S-Word, and my favorite, Coronavirus Criminals and Pandemic Profiteers. Please welcome back to the show the author of the recent piece in The Nation, The Biggest Threat to Donald Trump Could Be the Constitution Itself, Mr. John Nichols. Hello, sir. What a fine introduction. I am very honored to be with you, you. my friend. I just have to correct you on one thing, and that is... Uh, if Alan Keyes hadn't been the candidate that Barack Obama beat, Barack Obama would have beat somebody else. Probably. 
probably. Yeah, but boy, they, it, they, 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 whoever well, in the Republican wasn't... Party of Illinois decided let's let's get the craziest black Republican we can find and hope it turns out just right. We can well, thank that person. For... They brought him in from Maryland. I mean, I know, he, I know. He an Illinoisan. So it was like a it, it was it was a uniquely bad, you know, strategy. But more power to Alan Keyes, because I do believe that when Michael Moore was out going around with a I think he had like a bouncy house or something or, you know, he had like a bunch of Nerf balls or something. And he was mm-hmm. he was saying that any candidate for the Republican nomination for president in I think it was 2012 or something who would dive into the, the thing of Nerf balls, he would you know, put him on his show. And Alan yeah. Keyes, I believe, did it. I remember that. And I gave him credit for it at the time. <laughs> Got to give him credit. And and you know what? Who who couldn't love Alan Keyes, the man who's the closest thing our government's ever had to a voice double for Marvin the Martian? John, uh-huh. it is so good to see you. It is so good to have you back. This piece in uh, in the in in the nation kind of says it all. Seventy eight felony accounts from three separate indictments, but. You're talking to legal experts who actually are are trying to point out that maybe just maybe he's already ineligible, regardless of how these trials turn out. Well, yeah, that's a very good way to to kind of set it up, because one of the things that's happened is that everybody's become very obsessed with the criminal trials against Donald Trump. Right. And there are so many of them. It's hard to keep track of them, as I note, 78 indictments. Um, And part of the reason for this is, of course, that Congress failed. I mean, we have a system in this country that's supposed to deal with you know, these sorts of issues. It's called impeachment. Um, Donald Trump was impeached, bipartisan vote. Um, and then he had the largest number of senators ever to vote to to convict a president in an impeachment trial. Yes. So all that was you know, good, except for Mitch McConnell screwed it up. And Mitch McConnell refused to take that ultimate step and say, yeah, I'm going to vote for this. That would have brought the extra senators over and Trump would be done. You are correct. He might still face criminal troubles, but it would be like on page 16 of the paper. Now Trump is running for president and everybody's like, oh, well, can he run from jail? Yes, he can. I mean, Eugene Victor Debs did it. You can run from jail. That's not a problem. Could he theoretically get elected and then appoint an attorney general who would shut down the criminal investigations into him? Yes, he could. Uh, So all these things are there. And what's striking to me is that the one thing that people don't put on the table is a serious clean read of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which says that if you you took an oath to uphold the Constitution, then we're holding a, a, a position and you use that position to promote an insurrection, to promote the overthrow of the government, to promote the shredding of election results, to put an unelected president into power. You can't you can't be president. You can't hold office. And the I think the reason that so many political types and so many media types avoid this is because it's sort of jarring to them. Right. It's 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 like, wow. I mean, it's that simple. It's that that basic a construct. And I don't think that that most of them can wrap their head around something that is just clear, written straight out in the Constitution. But when you talk to people who are constitutional lawyers who really have spent a lot of time on this, um, that's like John Bonifaz, who, by the way, is a MacArthur Genius Grant winner um, Mm -hmm. and or recipient and heads free speech for people, uh, has done incredible work over many decades on presidential accountability. He says, look, Trump's already disqualified. The standard is there. It's just a question of whether anybody applies it. Right. And I mean, they've well, got it on video. 
<laughs> you know. Yeah, and uh, that's the big the question, people, John. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who would be who would be the controlling authority to administer this decision? Well, that's the thing. And of course, <laughs> if you had if you had a conviction, then you would have had that would be done. The issue would be settled. Congress right. could also vote just by a, just do a, a sense of Congress, the House and the Senate, and say it's the you know our reading of the Constitution is that this guy in fact violated the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three. Then state secretaries of state could say, no, he can't be on the ballot. He's disqualified. He said, you know, you can't put somebody who is not old enough to be president on the ballot. You can't put somebody who wasn't born in the U.S. on the ballot. They don't meet the qualifications for the office. Somebody who violated uh, 14.3, that would also be a case. Now, would this be litigated? Of course, you'd go into the courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, state by state, theoretically, the U.S. Supreme Court, which already decided the presidency once in in the last you know quarter century for an unelected candidate George W Bush uh could do so again you know we we know all the problems but it just struck me that that it was important to point this out that there is this this tool this vehicle that is there and that many legal experts will tell you yeah read the constitution it's it's not a particularly complicated thing uh and i see a lot of people trying to contort themselves and say well yeah but Smith, he didn't charge on an Insurrection Act charge, or he didn't do well, this. Yeah. Or he didn't do... yeah. But, you know, I mean, read the issues that are there and then read it against the the amendment, right? I mean, it's not, this isn't complicated stuff. So uh, I wrote about it, and what was fascinating was that um, I wrote about it the last week. This story is still one of the top stories on the nation day after well, of day. Course. Because I think, not because I wrote it, certainly, but I think because people... I think a lot of ordinary people in America, grassroots working people in America are saying, you know, this shouldn't be that complicated. And politics, I think politics and the media makes this stuff a lot more complicated necessarily than it needs to be. I agree with you completely. I think uh, probably the prevailing narrative now would be, well, well, why disqualify him? He's already under trial. He's going to be having five trials, possibly six now, happening before the RNC begins in, Jan- in July of next year. I'm putting the second Eugene Carroll trial uh, yep. and, and the, the Trump which organization. Which just got uh, strengthened today. Which just got strengthened again. Yeah, he's got the, the other, the um, the pyramid scheme from when he was on The Apprentice. Like, there's plenty of trials in the motions and the 78 felony accounts. So, so why try to disqualify him? Why not just let this play out? Is it well, because and, he's so good at delaying things? Well, of course he's good at delaying things, and he's got a lot of lawyers who are already trying, although they may have run into a judge that doesn't quite buy their, uh, their line. Um, yes, sir. But, uh, look, here's, here's the, the interesting dynamic of it. You ask, you know, why not just let it play out? I can tell you a lot of people who are saying exactly that, Democratic strategists, right? They are absolutely thrilled to let this thing play out. And I can tell you a lot of people who would probably love to see Trump disqualified, and those would be Republican strategists. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, and you have this weird dynamic where, um, you know, I mean, I think everybody who's ever entertained the notion of running Ron DeSantis for president, which is obviously going to be a, a, a footnote very soon. But um, I mean, these people all would love it if Trump got knocked out. Then they could say, oh, the horrible courts, the horrible, you know, constitutional lawyers, they they did this awful thing. Right. That's right. Democrats would prefer, you know, no, no, let him run. Let's let's go with this. We could maybe keep the Senate if this guy's at the top of the ticket. All right. I'm saying is that 
we have seen a degeneration of the the accountability for presidents that has been going on now for generations. And I know we all love Gerald Ford, but when Gerald Ford pardoned Nixon, right, that was extending the imperial presidency into the post-presidency. It was effectively saying that, you know, if you were president of the United States, at the end of the day, we're going to let you off the hook for pretty much anything. And uh, I fear that this is what we have continued to see expand now to a point where you've got Donald Trump with all this stuff going on, and yet nobody wants to apply the Constitution. Nobody wants to, right. you know, go to the core thing. And all I'm saying is that at some fundamental level, we have to pause and ask ourselves, how often do we put the Constitution aside, right? How often do we dismiss hmm. the basic premises of presidential accountability outlined by the founders of the Republic in 1787, right, at, at considerable debate, you know, in that yeah. time? The answer is we've done it again and again and again and again and again, and we keep waiting for the courts, you know, in a criminal trial or a civil trial to solve the problem that is actually a political issue that we don't <laughs> see as a society to want to wrestle with. You mean it's the exact opposite of what Mitch McConnell said on January 6, 2021? 100%. And, <laughs> you know, look, Mitch McConnell is the guiltiest player. I mean, and, and I, when I say this, I'm not engaging in hyperbole. Mitch McConnell right. is the guilty player, guiltiest player in this whole mix. He's guiltier Correct. than Donald Trump because Donald Trump can't stop himself. Donald Trump is what Donald Trump is. But Mitch McConnell knows that what he did after that imp impeachment trial, he knows that what he did was wrong. And I think he actually knows that it did his own party severe damage, but he didn't have the guts to stand You're up right. to Donald you know, when you think about all of the pain Mitch McConnell's face went through last year over Donald Trump's senatorial picks, remember yeah. how Blake Masters and, and Herschel Walker just Mitch McConnell, every time he gave a speech, had to had to make an oblique reference to the quality of candidates for the Senate to yeah. watch him standing up in Kentucky over the weekend. Can we play this clip really quick, Chris, to give a speech at the, the fancy farm? annual event and to be booed loudly by Republicans oh, yeah. who kept chanting, you lost the Senate, you lost the Senate, when he spent the entire fall <laughs> complaining that Donald Trump was going to lose us the Senate. Here's a really quick uh, soundbite of what Mitch McConnell had to deal with on his home turf this weekend. I just told, uh, I just told David Beck his introduction is longer than my speech. Elaine and I are really excited to be back at Fancy Farm. On behalf of the strongest Republican team we've ever run. In okay, you get the idea. Um, folks, it went on like that the entire time Mitch McConnell was at the podium, and it never let up. John, that's that's in Kentucky. That's porn for the angels. No, I look, the, the fact of the matter is, again, I'll go back to these core concepts. Um, when you abandon the Constitution, right? And I'm not, and look, I think our Constitution should be amended in a whole bunch of ways. So I'm not you know, some sort of absolutist on this stuff. But when you abandon some of the basic premises of the Constitution, and one of which is presidential accountability, they didn't want mm -hmm. a king. And they didn't want a former president to be a king in retirement and treated yes. as such, right? When you abandon that, it's going to come back to haunt you. And the it's haunted this republic again and again and again on Nixon, on Reagan, on Bush, uh, Bush II, or Lesser, yes. Cheney, the Lesser. Um, and so <laughs> we've ended up in this situation where um, we've we've rendered the presidency sort of uh, separate from the Constitution. 
separate yeah. and above the Constitution. Oh, yeah. And Congress has failed. Now, I, you know, I fear that and I suspect it's likely that state election officials will fail. And so Trump will likely be the nominee of the Republican Party. I am with you today arguing on behalf of the Republican Party, saying they would be better off with someone else. Right. Pretty much anyone else except Ron DeSantis, who is actually a worse candidate than Donald Trump. But, you know, they're going to we, we've clearly set we're clearly on this track. And I guess the last thing I would say about it, John, and then, you know, obviously your wiser words on this. But the last thing I would say about it is this. What this is dooming us to is a 2024 in which the only thing we talk about is Donald Trump. Yeah. That's it. That's the only subject we discuss for an entire year. Not climate crisis, not economic inequality, not racial injustice, not farm policy, you know, not nuclear policy. We're going to talk about Donald Trump for a year. Yep. Yep. I know. I believe me. That's what this summer has taught me. I mean, on the one hand, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad someone in D.C. is providing content. But my goodness, the, he's going to eat up the whole room. And once again, the election will not be a referendum on anything but Donald Trump. I was saying last week, John. It's going to be a whole new reality show, election 2024. People will be voting either to send Donald Trump to his second season of the White House or his first season of jail. And that's the vote every American gets to take. And, and I think you just summed it up better than I, better than I probably ever will. And and so, again, I am I am not particularly obsessed with Donald Trump. Uh, hmm. I have for a long time, and, you know, I've written books about this. I've for a long time been obsessed about the imperial presidency. And so I'm not one of those people who writes a story every other day about how horrible Donald Trump is. Other people do, and they probably get more clicks off that. But the reason that I did write about the the 14th, uh, 14th Amendment in this case is because I think as a society, knowing oh, yeah. pretty well knowing that, that it's not going to be applied, right? You yeah. know, that they're not going to do it. Um, at some point, there ought to be at least a few of us who stand up and say, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. And we wouldn't be in this position if Gerald Ford hadn't intervened on Nixon's behalf, if the Iran-Contra committee hadn't blown it in their assessment of Reagan's high crimes and misdemeanors. And frankly, if Democrats, when they got power back in 2005, hadn't failed Mm -hmm. to hold Bush and Cheney to account for their lies about the Iraq war. So, I mean, the the list goes on and on. And then we could even throw a couple Democrats in there along the way. Well, hey, you know, let's let's talk about letting the Confederates off so easy, too. But but I want to bring up really quickly another anti-Trump piece you wrote recently that moved me deeply. We've spent a lot of time talking about Sinead O'Connor and her life and her activism and um, and her fearlessness and the way she took pain and turned it into art. You had a great piece last week. Sinead O'Connor always knew that black lives mattered. Uh, It's one of the best pieces i've read since her 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 loss and i'm i'm i saw her live so many times john i bought every album i had the reggae album i had the gospel album you name it reggae album wasn't I'm bad curious, yeah. the reggae album's pretty not bad at all she covers buju yeah. banton on it it's it's pretty know, solid man. um yeah. what did she mean to you and and why did you want to write sure. this piece well i thought it was really important that um and, and i and there's a it's, it's a weird thing. And you and I both are, are rock and rollers. We like the music. And so as a result, we've seen a lot of heroes die. And you know that that when you die young, right, you like a Jim Morrison or something like that, you become sort of epic in a certain way. But there's an interesting thing that when somebody passes at a point where their career has kind of 
not it, it, they're no longer at the peak of their career. It's not like Jimi Hendrix yeah. or or Jim Morrison. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor had been kind of written out of a lot of a lot of the narratives. Name, she was yeah, not she part had. of the, the storyline. And then suddenly, when she died, I think all these people all over the world were sort of like, "Hmm, interesting thing." She was sort of right about everything. You yes. know what I mean? It's like she was ahead of the curve. She was punished for that again and again and again even seen as being, you know, like irrational and all this stuff. And sure, she had tough times in her life. But if you look at her on, on fundamental issues, she got out in front on those issues at a time when other people didn't. She risked her status. She risked her career. She refused yeah. the Grammy at, a, at the very peak of her career because of That's the right. way the music industry worked. And then I was I thought, there well, that year. Yeah. Were you? Okay. I was a seat, and, I was a seat filler the night she didn't show up. Yes. Well, and she wrote an incredible essay on why she was refusing it, which was you know, sure underreported. Um, but then I thought, well, what's the best embodiment of how far ahead of the curve she was? And I think it was her song "Black Boys on Mopeds." It was the, a song on her second album that was about um, police violence, about killing young black men, um, and she intriguingly enough addressed it to Margaret Thatcher because it was about um the killing of young black men in and teenagers in the united kingdom not in the united states and i thought what was so powerful about that was this was 30 years before the murder of george floyd that she was writing about this that she was seeing it as systemic not merely an incident but something that was structural that needed to be addressed and that she was seeing it as something global right you know in countries all over the world and you know she never let it go it to in the last years of her life, she was wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts and that's right. going a lot beyond that, donating the proceeds to songs that she recorded to the Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought to myself, you know what? In the overall scheme of a- artists who are activists, I just don't think you're going to do much better than that. No, it's true. And to say nothing about how much she let her own uh, struggle with mental illness yeah. be a public thing. And to take the pain and turn the pain into art and to destigmatize it for so many other people. John, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your writings? <laughs> well, it can go to the nation.com. That's where things usually turn up. Um, I tweet some at Nichols Uprising, uh, but the nation's where I usually you know, tend to, to put out, you know, whatever whatever i'm saying and that's where these stories that we're talking about are um and then also uh occasionally in a bookstore hopefully again soon john (laughs) it's a joy to have you on our show thank you so much for staying up with us we'll see you very soon i look forward to it my friend take care thank you quick break then we'll be back with all your calls at 866-997-4748 this is progress after dark we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by philo Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRID. It was on this date in 1782 that George Washington ordered the creation of the Badge of Military Merit to honor soldiers wounded in battle, later renamed to the more poetic Purple Heart 241 years ago today. We are at 866-997. Oh, and it was 39 year, uh, 49 years ago today that uh, Philippe Petit, the French dude, uh, did his high wire walk between the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center. Somebody should make a documentary about that. Let's go back to the phones. Y'all been so patient on hold, and we thank you for it. Laura in Los Angeles, welcome. You're on Sirius XM. Hi. Um, I got Hello? COVID for the very first time. Wow. Welcome. Twice. So, and I think I got sick from being at my doctor's office. <laughs> Really? Jeez. So, anyway, but it's, uh, it was what they call uh, advanced symptoms because I had 102.8 fever. And, um, but now it's. it's oh, my God. Down. Okay, so, so how are you now? now? You s- I'm out now coughing some, but I had to take the dog out because he hasn't played ball in two days. And I had really bad diarrhea. And Am I getting too graphic? But it was. Wait, the dog or you, Laura? I'm not even sure if you're being no, graphic me, or not me. yet. Are, no, are, are you are you taking the dog out in the backyard or are you walking around? No, I'm in an isolated area. I'm over in the coastal area of San Pedro. Okay, please, please stay away from you. And you're wearing a mask and all that stuff. Laura, don't exert yourself too much. You 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 have COVID. You have to rest. It's a big old drag. But there's no, no, I had, nothing you can do but rest. I had, yeah. Yeah, I had a video right. appointment with my doctor today, and she says, okay, if you're isolated areas with the dog, and I was worried because before I tested, my dog and I, okay, this might be gross, but just live with it, people. We touch tongues. That was just something we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I contacted okay. the vet. Uh, well, I, the vet I, I, said, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, please don't judge me. <laughs> no, I, I, listen, no one knows but you and me. No one else can hear. So go on, go on please. I, I think it's a... Mm. Oh, the other thing um, with the, the Nora lawyer, uh, last time I checked, uh, uh, writing a book isn't under oath, so shut the fuck up. And then number two, uh, New York Times just gave me an alert message of all the things Joe Biden has done today. So I was just going to mm. read... He's on a three-state tour. We're not hearing anything about this, are we? No. A three-state tour, Arizona, and he just made it permanent because it was only until 2032 of no uranium mining in Grand Canyon. And he has made it permanent that you can never destroy the Grand Canyon for profit of mining uranium. Let's hope so. There goes my vacation. Sorry, Chris. I know you're no. so hungry. This is Chris's one dream is to mine uranium from the Grand Canyon. And I keep telling him that the, the rest of us don't like that. I know it's it's good to have a dream, but maybe you need Freaking to you know, dark revise Brandon. it. Yes, why don't you just he get included, into pickleball like normal guy? Make that your dream. 
he may he signed a law uh, to inject 370 billion in tax incentives into wind, right. solar, and other renewable energy. The native Indians got a permanent monument near the Grand Canyon. That's right. So that makes it that no one can touch it for mining. And he did. And we're now a full year and a half with unemployment below four percent too, as of today. So and he's going around because you know he's so feeble and old that, but he's touring three states: Arizona, Nevada, and uh, I can. I'm guessing. New Mexico, I would guess, but I'm not sure. I knew he was on the West Coast talking about Bidenomics. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll see what happens. I mean, Trump's out there looking really good. And and the best part of all of it, Laura, is uh, all of Donald Trump's friends are out there saying Joe Biden's totally allowed to steal the next election and have Kamala Harris rig it for him. That's a thing you can do. Apparently, it's completely legal. So we'll look forward to that. Laura, please, please, just just rest. Go ahead. Well, the thing is. I like to say to the anti-abortion people, I, I say, you are exactly, you should be really immersed in this. Some African nations like Zimbabwe, Uganda, in Niger, um, they, uh, they don't believe in a Christian God, but they certainly don't allow. They will even kill the mother, but they will let the fetus survive. So you mm. guys are right in tune with those African nations. So, ooh, yeah, you should be immersed in there. Why are you going over to Hungary? You should definitely go over to Zimbabwe and Uganda. Yeah, good. Team. You know, the not the Nazis were against abortion, too. There's there's all kinds of authority. Laura, please take care of yourself. Please, please stay okay, stay inside and, and, and get better and let us know how you're healing. Thank you. 866-997-4748. Michael in Texas, thank you for your patience on hold. Hey, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller, but I want you to know I'm that. Honored. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Yeah, you get me through and you keep me uh, my sanity. But what I want thank to you, talk sir. about with this here, I know a young man uh, had a bright future. He threatened to kick another young guy, but that's what he said, I'm going to kick your butt. They charged him. You know, two young men say those things and get into it like that all the time. They yeah. charge this young man with terroristic threats a record, delayed him getting in school. But, and you want to know how people get radicalized? Yeah. But they let the, the ex-president, a grown man, threaten judges, other yeah. people, and nothing is done. If we don't do something about this guy, stop it now. Unless, if we got the fight, let's fight. Because if it doesn't, I know one thing about a bullet. He get worse. We got to stop this yeah. now, man. You're right. You're right. You know, you know who I think is angrier at Donald Trump than anybody else, honestly, more and more Uh, guys, guys who try to be a good person, guys who try to be the good guy when they see other guys being douchebags and getting away with it. Guys who have to deal with other people calling you a straight because you're going to try and do the right thing. Every man out there who's decided to be more than a guy, more than a dude, more than a bro and just bite the bullet and make the tough choices to be a goddamn man. And not put your immediate baby fucking needs first, front and center all the time is the group most disgusted at this petulant man baby with no impulse control who is embodying every negative trait of Americans and every negative trait of men every time he opens his mouth. John, John, can I say one more thing? Please. I've been a fireman for 30 some years. And the rise. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Oh, no. No. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying. But. In the fire department, there's always been that. You can feel it. But with the rise of Donald Trump 
man, the, the hatred that has is that is so open. This no. man is doing some devastation to this country, and he's not doing anything great. That has no. always been the underbelly of America. So what this clown is doing, he's evil. This man never knew no love. He never had a wife that loved him. Everything was a prenup. This man yeah. is a bitter, angry, racist clown. You're really on to something there. You know, when he was a young person, when he was a little boy, his mom was very sick. And many armchair psychologists have speculated that years of not having his mother there to give him love helped make him the person he is. I don't know. All I know is that he's a person who confuses obedience with loyalty, and that means his version right. of love is uh, a pretty scary thing. Correct. You're right. And, and you know what? That's the issue. But also, also this here. Those of us that know this is wrong, we got to stick. We got otherwise... We're losing our country right now, and if he gets gets away with it, that's the beginning of losing this country. Yep. We got to stop him, no matter I'm what goes on. Let's fight this fight now, not later. I'm with you. The big thing is that I I don't think he's going to win, but I do think the thing we have to worry about is everyone's going to get really engaged. We're going to talk a lot about Roe v. Wade. My fear is, will everybody check out and get bored after the election? Because. <laughs> That's the worst thing that could happen is if we if we get very engaged for a presidential election and then drop off and just figure, OK, well, uh, the Democrat won. So I don't need to pay attention because we have to kick Democrats butts, too. But I agree with everything you're you saying. Know what, you know what, John? You know what, John? Tell me. I, and yes, I, sir. I work for the Democratic National Party down here in Houston, registering voters. This I'm mm. talking about my community, the black community. This is what we do. We think and, you know, but we need to educate. We need to spend money and let these people look. Our black community, saying, well, we get a president, then that's all we need to vote on. And then they go away after the presidential uh, election. But look at this jury mandarin. This all happened because we were asleep. Yes. And our leader right. was, was asleep. And I'm going to tell you something yeah. else. I know that everybody thinks Nancy Pelosi and, and these guys are great leaders. But I've got to say this, John, no matter who get angry and, and Schumann and all this, this year, okay. read this jury mandarin all this year, that happened under their watch. So I don't think it was that great, in my opinion. Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I, I don't know how to judge that. What I will say is I've been very impressed with uh, Nancy Pelosi, with how she held the Democrats together at a time when Democrats hated each other after Hillary and Bernie in 2016, how they saved the Affordable Care Act, how, how Schumer was able to help get the Senate back. I mean, look, I, would I prefer more progressive leaders? Absolutely. I'd be thrilled to have people who are out there fighting for health care for all Americans. No questions asked. But in the meantime, you know, like my parents always said about the Pope, I'm praying for better Democrats, and I'll keep on supporting them in the meantime. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. And let me Michael, you, you're so good at this. Guys, Don't be a stranger. All you guys, Progressive Guys Radio Show, y'all are very much needed, because sometimes well, we think you. we're out here alone. You listen to all this, because in most of these small towns and cities, there's nothing but right-wing radio. And, I and know it, man. I know it. That's why board. I'm... I am so proud to be on the only 24-7 progressive political talk show in American radio as part of my parole. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. Really a pleasure. Call back more often. we got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back with the sublime Miss Rhonda Handsome and all your all calls. 866-997-GRIT. Don't go away. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. I am so pleased to welcome back to the show one of my favorite comedians. Rhonda Handsome classes up the joint every Monday night for Tall, Dark, and Handsome Mondays. Rhonda's open for Anita Baker, Diana Ross, and Aretha Franklin. Welcome back, Ms. Handsome. I'm black, y'all. And so you are. It's so good to see you. <laughs> oh, I love Handsome Mondays, and I'm, I'm delighted to be here with you and your fantastic audience, John. Well, this, thank you for this. that. Uh, a thrill for me every week. <laughs> so we, we, we need to talk about something, though, Rhonda. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the news. And by a lot going on, I'm talking about Montgomery, Alabama riverboat fights. Now, uh, this was just I, I, I kept seeing clips of it. I was reading the jokes people were posting on black Twitter all day. But it wasn't until Chris told me to finally, you know, watch the whole story about this fight that broke out on a dock in Montgomery, Alabama over the weekend. I, I actually was pretty shocked. And um, there's already, I think, four active warrants out. But what can you tell us about this very ugly argument that escalated into a brawl and chaos on the dock? Well, it was a horrific racial assault on a man doing his job. You know, Correct. what gets me uh, is that if black people don't work, we're called lazy. And when we do our job, if it's not to the satisfaction of white supremacists, they want to beat us up in an uneven fight. I mean, exactly. this, guy, this guy is a security guard. You know, he's just trying to make it through the day. And he's these, working on the docks. And, and this this one boat like was going too far. And he was trying to tell this boat to move back, move back. And eventually these was, guys came out and started fighting with him. It was a, a pontoon boat. That belong to people who know the rules at that mooring, you know. No. Anyone who this has, is, that, that's important though. This was these were selfish, selfish American people, selfish folks who who knew that there was a riverboat that needed to dock, and their pontoon boat was blocking the space, and they just didn't feel like moving. We have to bring up the fact that these people were wrong from the get go. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, they they were wrong from the get go, and. The uh, the security guard had the authority to request them to move, and they refused and decided to escalate things into physical confrontation with this man doing his job. And it turned into a baru ha All on tape. All on uh, tape. I don't think that these... Uh, and again, it was the Caucasians who started the whole thing, but... Can I just say that this this man who was the the guard down in the dock, he's going to be the biggest pop culture hero of the year because there's this one moment when the first thug runs over and is trying to negotiate with him. And you can tell that the, the, the white dude's getting mad and then starts shoving him and hits him. This security, this dude, he's a heavy set fella. You know, the moment he reaches up 
grabs his little baseball cap as a security guard and throws it like he's Mary Tyler Moore, throws the hat away and then dives into the fight. It is the moment of the year. It is the moment of the year. He threw it into the air like it was a a Batman signal. And it really was extraordinary to see. And and (laughs) unfortunately, the people who, John, I don't think those people were negotiating with him. I think they were confronting him and they were not happy with him being uh, secure and telling them how they had to behave and how they had to deal with their vehicle at this port. Just incredible. uh, uh, But uh, my favorite thing is, you know, there are so many angles on this. A a lot of... um, of YouTube is, is is really taking down a lot of the footage, but some of the best footage I saw, I could actually see from the point of view of the chair. I had not seen that <laughs> with the chair actually uh, attacking people who were in the water. They fall yeah, they in the water. It. Yes, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a shame that things had to end up like this, but it felt the whole time I was watching the, the video, all I could think was of was Ahmad Aubrey <laughs> being yeah. chased You're right. by three people who had who were armed and in vehicles and taping their pursuit uh, of him and, right. and and I I thought you know what Ahmad I I. I give it up to you on on this. It, it, this is for you and for any person who has been who has found themselves in the clutches of a racial assault and did not have the troops right. show up to help them out. It was just amazing to see people come together to say this is not going to happen on a port where black people were brought here to be That's right. sold. You brought the point up. That's you know why it's still called Market Street in Montgomery and to this commerce, day. And commerce Street is and Commerce Street. People were the commodity and the commerce on those streets. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the clip is amazing. Seeing the one guy who swam in the water over to help, um, and then all day people were. Black Twitter had a lot of fun with that guy. He was Michael B. Phelps, and and uh, you know, but. What was Scuba amazing was it was an entire. Jr. I like Scuba Gooding Jr. Scuba Gooding Jr. But it was an entire oh, family Aquaman. beating up this poor man. Aqua, yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> and so Black many Aquaman. people, though. So many people did come over to help, and I got to say, it's too soon to laugh at it. But there's videos out there. There's already one video by a pool of these white guys and black guys reenacting I it and just clowning it. Great. It was great. So they funny. were reenacting it. And I, I loved it because it made me feel like as horrific as the uh, the actual occurrence was for these people to come together in racial harmony <laughs> to mock the stupidity of the day was just exactly. Such a- it was what, a tremendous success. White people and black people together mocking the stupidity of these racists in, in Montgomery. Um, yes. yes. Rhonda, it is so good to have you with us. We have a lot of people on hold. Do you want to talk to some of our riffraff? A lot of our people have been waiting on hold for a long time. Bring on the riffraff, please. All right. Sean in Cali. We are at 866-997-4748, by the way. 866-997-GRIT. Sean in California. Welcome. You're on Sirius XM. 
Hey, well, I, I was on vacation uh, down south here, and I know you were down in Southern California, and uh, I caught this. I'm there right now. I just caught this story, and I'm down here, too. And, uh, you know, first thing that came to my mind, it, it sickened me, and what a um, sadly amazing um, comparison to uh, that Miss Hansen made, because the fact of the matter is, is that these were entitled backwards-ass crackers that didn't like the fact that a black man actually was, you know, in a position of power, respectfully telling them they couldn't do what they want to do in the first place. But they didn't want that. They're like, we're just going to take this. And I watched right. it three different times. It was, And I was like, you know, you got to be kidding me, right? But you know what? This is the atmosphere right now. And this is going to take a lot more than you know, winning lots of elections. This is going to take a lot of people to actually, you know, be raised correctly. It's going to take. But, but, but again, we've come. But again, we've come so far. I mean, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, these white folks would have beaten up this black man on the dock and the authorities would have believed it. Nobody would have had video cameras. You wouldn't have seen other Caucasians running to the aid of the black man who was being beaten up. Um, you wouldn't see this national revulsion. I mean, most of the people I've seen more more Caucasians sharing this video and disparaging it than black folks all day. And again, there's arrest warrants out for all four. So as awful as it is. And again, this situation didn't begin today. This is the festering historical racism that exists in generations, and it's in the world we're grown into, and we have to recognize it and grow beyond it and be, make it better, yada, yada. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think we're, if, like this happened, if this happened 50 years ago, they, there wouldn't be four warrants out for the white guys who started it. No, I agree with that, but the psychology of it, and I'm a white guy, but the thing of it is the psychology is black folks are always going to take the heat. Like, he should have done something different. The security guard, the black security guard, should have done something different. No, bull crap. Bullshit. He did everything perfectly correctly, but it was the, you know, chaotic, fucking crazy white dude that didn't treat him yeah. right. So, anyway. <laughs> and as a chaotic, I, I just, fucking crazy white dude, I, I take umbrage with that because they're making my people look bad. Rhonda? Okay. Well... They they were doing something that has been traditional for them to do is feed on their sense of entitlement and privilege. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the, the security guard. And it's interesting. I, I thank the caller for, you know, for his point of view. But he said the man had power. That security guard had no power, but he did have the authority to tell them how they had to deal with their vehicle. And they refused to uh, obey the authority. And uh I think yeah. they call it uh, fuck around and find out. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this entire family becoming very famous as the arrest warrants roll in. Um, Sean, thank you so much for calling. Good to hear from you. I think Sean already left. 866-997-4748. Hey, by the way, I want to play this. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ron has finally relented. Uh, I'm telling my favorite Ronda about my least favorite Ronda. Uh, apparently, he's given in and he's now denying Donald Trump's stolen election lies. Dasha Burns on NBC asked him about it. 
And he started, he, he started to tell, tell the truth, and then he's Ron DeSantis, and he just couldn't do it. But give a, give a really quick listen. No, of, of course he lost. Uh, Trump lost the 2020 of, election. Of course. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden's the president. But the issue is, I think, what, what people in the media and elsewhere, they want to act like somehow this was just like the perfect election. So I don't think uh, it, was a, it was a good run election. But I also think Republicans didn't fight back. You've got to fight back when that is happening, and you shouldn't have provided all the money to fund the mail-in ballots. What an idiot. He start, What a spineless anti-man. He starts off saying, yes, Trump lost, Biden's the president. And then he's got to backtrack right away and make it sound like, oh, but there could have been some kind of election interference and, and we shouldn't have let them do mail ballots. It was a goddamn plague. Of course, they should have had mail ballots. Like, he's not even man enough, Rhonda, when Trump's on the ropes to step up and be a leader. Well, he's I think he is the poster boy for small dick energy, uh, John. He really he 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 carries it like a, a banner of uh, of honor. And uh, it, it's it's horrible. He could not even finish the sentence, you know, of admitting that, uh, you know, Trump was, you know, lied about the about yeah. the election. And, uh, and he's he's not going to his, his campaign is barely on life support. I think it's on a ventilator in a, in a covid section of a hospital someplace. Well, of course, because his campaign refused to wear a mask when it mattered. So, yes, it is on a ventilator right now, but it'll be proven right. Don't worry. <laughs> Ron, Ron really needs to reset. And I think maybe he needs to uh get his gather his resources at, so that he can run at a time where he might have viability because uh, I, I feel like he's in quicksand. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of beautiful to watch. Um, you know who just you know who just qualified for the uh, for the first Republican debate? Who's that? L- little Mike Pence. He just did it. Um, here he is yesterday on Face the Nation. Little Mike continues his efforts to recast himself as a patriot who stood up to the bullies and saved America because Dan Quayle told him he had to. So I want to ask you about characterizations that have been made by those who speak on behalf of the president's legal team. They've said this week that all they asked of you, that is to say the president, was to delay the proceedings to allow states to conduct an audit. Is that a truthful representation of what you were asked to do, Mr. Vice President? Major, that's not what happened. From sometime in the middle of December, uh, the president began to uh, be told that I had some authority to reject or return votes back to the states. I had no such authority. I stand by the facts as they occurred. I mean, it it ebbed and flowed between uh, different legal theories. But at the end of the day, I, I know we did our duty. I know we kept our oath. <laughs> because we had to, because Dan Quayle said you had to. I'm... <laughs> I love that it ebbed and flowed. He's all he's almost waxing poetic <laughs> about his position in this in this uh, debacle. Uh, I, I did his did mother did mother tell him that he had to say that? John? <laughs> I mean, he's in a really tough place because, you know, you're trying to get the votes of people who want to hang you. So you've got to really choose your words very carefully when you go out there. I, I don't know why he's doing this race other than to cast himself as a more noble figure in history than he ever was his entire life. I mean, he tried any way he could to weasel out of doing the right thing. He was forced to do the right thing. And now we have to listen to history books for the rest of our lives. Tell us Mike Pence was a brave man. That's how much the bar was lowered.
he he wasn't he wasn't a brave man he went along with with everything and it was so foul that it it came to the point where flies had to nest about him <laughs> mitch in kent state hello you're on with Rhonda. thank you john hello Rhonda. how are you hi mitch uh, John, you know, tomorrow's a big day here in Ohio. We got this issue one going on, and just to call it's a big one tomorrow in Ohio. Yes, yes, uh, all the same uh, voters tomorrow. That you know, this issue one has to be defeated. What they're trying to do is uh, change a simple majority of uh, plus one fifty, or you know, plus one to a sixty forty. Uh, they're making an analogy. It'd be like you know, uh, Ohio State Michigan score, Ohio State fifty nine point nine, and Michigan forty point one. Uh, Michigan wins. You know, it's just. It's you know what, Mitch? I think you're. I think you're being a little. I think you're being a little too fair to them, making a sports analogy for this. Rhonda, have you heard about what's going on in Ohio tomorrow? Because it's it's more insidious. Like they they want to ban abortion in the state, but they know the residents of the state, the tax paying citizens of the state, don't want to ban abortion. The Suffolk University USA Today had a poll last month. Fifty eight percent of likely Ohio voters want an abortion rights amendment just like Kansas got. Now, that's above a simple majority, obviously, but it's it's below 60%. Last year, voters in, in Kansas, Kentucky, and Michigan all voted to protect abortion rights by a simple majority. None of those votes, though, reached 60%. So guess what the Republicans have done? Tomorrow, they are going to have a, a new referendum. No longer will it be a simple majority, as it's been for over a century as the standard for ballot measures. Now, any ballot measures have to have over 60 percent. They literally knew their policy was unpopular. So they're trying to pass a law to not have the popular policy ever be legal. I love their ability to just move the goalposts on whim, John. Yeah, well, but they they can't. I mean, they can't. They can't move the goalposts. So they're going to try and move the stadium. I mean, uh, there you go, Mitch. Now I'm using a goddamn sports analogy, but it's totally, it's totally fair. Like they can't, they don't have a big enough coalition, right? They, they, they don't have a coalition, so they're going to try and do this, and once again, have majority, have, have minority rule. So if 58 percent of us want something, we'll make sure that, like the electoral college, the majority's not enough. I'm not one to go out and tell people to, to, to go out and, and have abortions, whether they need them or not, whether they're pregnant or not. But the thing about it is, is for me, is reproductive rights, the reproductive yeah. rights of women. And I think that the women who are going to go along with this, it's another one of those situations where they are going to cut off their own nose to spite their face and go along with the the patriarchy. Mitch, what scares me about this is if this works tomorrow for the Republicans and and this thing passes, then you're going to see Republicans in other states do this where abortion rights are popular. They're going to say, well, the folks can't have a referendum unless it reaches 60 percent. You know, they hate democracy already, so they're just going to try to make it harder. And I know that most of the money that's been spent on this referendum has come from out of state, right? It's pretty scary, Mitch, what, what's going on in Ohio. Well, but the, the, the one encouraging thing is that uh, there's been an overwhelming early voting, which they tend to feel is, is on the no side, which is what we need. 
So, but it's yeah. not to mention, not just abortion, John. It's, a, it's a gerrymandering. Hell, we won't get marijuana on the ballot. You know, there's a lot of things that, uh, that are ready ready for uh, you know That's the right. polls in November, and all we got to do you is you know, uh, get, get it there in November. So uh, can't uh, get, no, but no, that, and they're going to make sure they're going to make sure you can't get there. They're going to make sure you can't have like right. the citizens will not be able to have a referendum to vote to decriminalize cannabis. Because you got to have 60% or else we can't. They're literally, they, they can't win in elections, so they keep finding ways to make democracy more difficult. And this unholy thing going on in your state tomorrow is a cousin of the voter ID laws designed to make it harder for the will of the public to be heard. Where are the patriotic Amer- Americans who, who want their democracy, who want their right to vote, who want their right to practice their citizenship? I, I don't... Yeah. I don't understand where all the real patriots are, John, because this has been moving for quite some time. And now it's like a steamroller to just take away our our rights. That's right. Like you always said, John, you know, the, the GOP, they, you know, they see the writing on the wall. They're doing anything they can, any, any, any finagling they can do to, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to make it work for them. And, uh, you know, the hell with everyone else. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just uh, it's part of the Trump playbook. Jonathan, one thing real quick. I watched Mr. Rogers' uh, documentary again for a second time. And you know what? Oh, isn't it so great? Isn't the documentary fantastic? He was woke, okay? He was woke. And these Republicans, they, I don't think they could admit it. Here's a man who says, the only person in this world is like you, and people are, can like you for what you are. Oh, my God, you know, an ordained minister, a lifelong Republican, and a man who had empathy. My God had empathy for everyone, you know? He, he, he showed it in, in, you know, every day in those kids. Yeah. And my God, you know, just in these Republicans, he, he'd be shunned. He'd be shunned, you know, today. He would. No, uh, no, I think, I think. I think, I think crude, vulgar people would still despise his kindness and gentleness. And people with kind hearts and open minds would say, oh, he makes children happy and he's doing no harm and making good citizens. I think it'd be just like it was back in the 70s. Yeah. But uh, like I say, it just, uh, you know, it, it, he just he goes against the grain. I mean, for 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 uh, for a white Republican, uh, you know, it, yeah, well, but, but goes against the grain. He, he he showed that there there can be kindness and love and, and empathy and, and equality. For yeah, all. and it just. Uh, but again, I, I, was he? I don't know if Mr. Rogers was Republican, but he was certainly very conservative in many ways. But that documentary right. shows how much he grew, especially uh, with LGBT issues. He evolved right. a lot oh, yeah. on his own right. show. Right. So, you know, right. I, I think that just we're not used to there being uh, we're not used to seeing nice conservative Christian people in the media because the only Christian people the media shows are douchebags screaming at women outside clinics. Yeah, very good. Right. Mitch, thank uh, John, you so much for the call. On, oh, oh, uh, one more thing. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, uh, uh, what it's uh, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> uh, OK. You know, John, I, was, I was thinking about, you know, when she ripped that picture of the Pope on Sunday Night Live, I was thinking about when Lennon made his uh, Jesus Christ statement. You know, in '66, yeah, there's some some similarities. You know, John. T- I mean, the Beals took hell for that. You know, the 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 record burning and everything else. You know, and it, yeah. it faded after a while. But I, I kind of compared you know, similarities between the two. But you know, somehow the sure. Beals. Evolved, uh, well, Lennon apologized. I guess after, he kind of apologized after it, but still, you know, it just and Lennon, Lennon and Lennon apologized. Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor was calling out. Uh, not, neither one of them were attacking God. Or right, Jesus, right. or faith. That's the similarity. John Lennon was yeah. talking about how Christianity is not as popular as pop culture, and that the Beatles were bigger than yeah. Jesus at that time, and that was true. Right. He wasn't commenting on it or judging it. And Sinead wasn't attacking 
the Vatican or the papacy. She was attacking covering up child rape. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I, I, I'm really sorry. John Lennon never got to record a duet with Sinead O'Connor. Would have been great. But yeah, I think I think everyone missed a point when they made their statement. They missed their point, you know. And now they proved to be right, you know. That's 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 the evolution. She was, Mitch. Thank you so well, much you for the get call. The, uh, retrospect, <laughs> retrospective award for for being right in the past when we would not acknowledge it or condemn her for her action. Yeah, uh, I want to take a moment to just uh, give some love to uh, the the late William Friedkin. The great Oscar-winning director who gave us The French Connection and um, my vote for the scariest horror film in history, The Exorcist. He died earlier today here in L.A. Uh, He was 87. And um, as confirmed by his wife, I didn't know he was married to Sherry Lansing. Married to Jean Moreau and Sherry Lansing. Jesus. But a guy who rose with Bogdanovich and Polanski and Coppola and George Lucas uh, to make such stylized thrillers. I still think that um, the film The Exorcist is shocking and feels immediate and current every time I watch it. He actually had a new version of uh, the Kane Mutiny Court Martial that was ready to be released this year that'll still come out that's already been filmed. But um, God bless the late William Friedkin. Were you a fan of, uh, of The Exorcist, Rhonda? Uh, in spite of my horror at it, I, I found it fascinating coming from the uh, Catholic tradition coming out of that. You know, it, it did capture my uh, attention, curiosity <laughs> and my imagination. And it scared the heck out of me. <laughs> Scariest film of all time. Yeah. And also to live and die in L.A., which I guess was his last kind of successful film um, and just a, a really, really good filmmaker who made uh, a couple of classic films and a lot of really good ones. So God bless William Friedkin. Let me go to Jeff in Minneapolis. Jeff, thank you for your patience on hold. You're on Sirius XM with Rhonda Hanson. Hello there. Um, I happen to uh, have a lot of time on my hands, and I spend a lot of time driving, and I listen to a lot of talk radio. Probably 75%, you know, you guys and other lefties, and you got to get 25% of the righties. you got to listen to it. I'm with you. I listen to all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you got to know what they're saying. Um. So my question is, uh, and I've never heard this in all the listening that I've been doing, why, how does anybody figure, like, like let's say by chance Trump wins the general election, election okay. as president, okay. and he's got all these cases going on, who in the, how in the world is he going to get any governing done? You know he's going to focus on what's best for him, which is de- his defense. Yes. What? How is he going to govern? Badly. The way he did last time. The way he did last time, chaotically and dishonestly, and corruptly, and selfishly. Yeah, which just like last time is bullshit for the rest of us. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Uh, turns out if he wasn't such a bad president, people wouldn't be trying so hard to keep him out from doing it again. And I I don't think... Unfortunately, Jeff, a lot of people are ready to sign up for another round of that same ridiculousness. And by a lot of people, you mean a minority of Americans. So keep that in mind. 
John, you we... you say that, but I yeah. I don't I feel like that minority has uh it, it is not as small as you think it is. The same way I know was, that he was a joke, and he nothing could happen, and and the next I thing know. we knew, he was sitting yeah. in the house. Listen, uh, I've I've said if we, there's high we, turnout, it's fine. If there's high turnout, he loses. If there's low turnout, he wins. So let's see how much he can infuriate the world in the next sixteen months. He's working hard at that. He's doing a very fine job. Yeah, I agree. He raises the bar at lowering the bar. Yeah. Jeff, thank you so much for the call. <laughs> Thanks for calling, man. Thank you. Let me go to Mike in Michigan before the break. Hi, Mike. You're on with Rhonda. Hey, help me, Rhonda. Or, uh, yeah. But give I love me a little bit. You get it. You get it. <laughs> she never hears that, by the way, so it's good. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, uh, uh, the thing is, this is crazy, but I, Martin, or what's his name, uh, Stephen King, uh, yeah. had predicted Donald Trump, okay, in the movie The Dead Zone. <laughs> With Greg Stilson, played by Martin That's Sheen. Exactly, yeah. I mean, if nobody, by the way, all you guys in Ohio, I, uh, this is going to be football season coming up. We may want to beat your butt, but I tell you right now, I hope you guys win that election down there tomorrow. So, <laughs> I hope so too. Everybody vote no on that proposal. So, amen. And I think it's, I think it's going to be a, a landslide. But anyway, Greg Stilson, yeah, it's, that's a, a great movie, by the way. So, it is a seriously underrated movie. It might be next to The Shining, my favorite Stephen King adaptation. Walken's great in it, and and it's I think Martin Sheen's greatest ever villain role. He's so oh, oh, yeah. so over the top, passionately evil in that film. It's really good, very creepy David Cronenberg vibe the whole time. Uh, great role for Walken. I really like that movie. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 court case for Trump should be on TV. Should be pay per view or free with commercial Super Bowl. Bowl type commercials you see we could make <laughs> I enough see. money national debt with this i think look man i think but, it should be on camera i think that every moment of every trump trial should be on camera but i also think supreme court deliberations and executions should all be on camera because we're paying for it so i i think it's a very good chance that judge aileen cannon does not let america see what's happening in her courtroom and a very good chance that uh the federal uh the the, the federal indictment in dc will be on camera do you think the My Pillow guy would do a commercial on the? Uh... <laughs> yeah, of course he would. But <laughs> I hope he would. I can't believe they're not playing his commercials during this show. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, Sinead O'Connor and John Lennon still could do that duet. Oh yeah! Thanks to AI, any unholy spectacle can happen, can't it? <laughs> well, should I say? That, remember that one with uh, Nat King Cole and her his daughter. Yes, although was, at least one of them really participated in that, so that wasn't totally high. <laughs> but you're, yeah. he's right, Rhonda. It's not just what they're going to do to actors. They're going to be there. I mean, musically, I've been enjoying hearing the Beatles covering Oasis songs on AI, but they're going to they're going to do it with everything. I've been saying to everyone, we will see John Wayne. We will see Sidney Poitier in a movie in the next 10 years. And I don't know if their families or estates will get a check for it, but that's what this strike is about. Yes, but. It's going to be great. I mean, imagine uh, John Fugel saying in 2082. 
I can imagine me being beaten out for a role as me by my own AI, because that's how my career is going these days. So thanks, Mike. Hey, God bless it. Uh, go Michigan State against Ohio State, but not tomorrow. <laughs> go vote in Ohio. Thank you very much. Yeah, they. You know, Rhonda. They. 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 I was up for play myself as AI, but they. They went black at the last minute, so I'm. I'm out of luck. As they um, should have. Can you? So I'm. I'm all for representation. Sure. Hey, I'm. I've got the most ethnic name to begin with. Uh, what a great show we had tonight. We'll be back again for some more tomorrow. This is SiriusXM Progress. Peace.